Welcome to Alchemy Radio, the home of the open mind. Thanks for tuning in and hopefully you're enjoying the show and the variety of eye-opening guests that we bring to you on a regular basis. You can find us online at alchemyradio.net. We're also on iTunes and our listenership is increasing every day with the associated costs of bandwidth and that kind of thing. So you can donate on our website. All donations gratefully accepted. Check us out on Twitter as well, twitter.com forward slash alchemy radio, and you'll also find us on Facebook. But without further ado, let's go to the show. Today we're talking about conscious comedy. So on the phone, and it's great to have both of the guys, Benny Wills and Kevin Kostelnik from Joy Camp. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing good, John. Doing good. You got both of our names exactly yeah, right. I'm so. really impressed. You got yeah. Well, I'm I'm very people. relieved because normally I get everything when it comes to names, particularly uh, cross channel or cross water names, extremely wrong. So uh, I'm very happy about that. Well, already best interview yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually Benny Willis when I'm my name is first read, and I'm Kevin Kiss, and then they usually give up about halfway through when I finish it off. Well, I think since we started so well, we'll just end it there. So really good to talk to you guys. <laughs> Great chatting. It's been really good, John. It'd be very nice to have you back on again in about a year's time. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, listen, let's talk about Joy Camp because it's something that I've been tracking and enjoying and following and have become a big, big fan of over the last months and indeed years at this stage. Tell us a little bit about it for the uninitiated and I suppose where the name Joy Camp came from and that kind of thing as well. A bit about your background, guys. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, Joy Camp came about from uh, years of frustration, but also um, uh, a sense of humor. I mean, Kevin and I have been friends for a long time, and we both started falling down the rabbit hole, as it were, about nine years ago now when we were in college. Uh, and not really knowing what to do with that information, sort of becoming obsessed with, with the alternative uh, way of thinking and alternative ideas but not really knowing what to do with it, um, but always having a sense of humor. We've always been able to laugh, uh, not only at truth, but you know, at each other and at just the absurdity of life. And it finally all just snowballed at the right time and became Joy Camp. And, and uh, the name itself comes from George Orwell's 1984. Uh, They're they're forced labor camps. Joy Camps are forced labor camps in 1984. Excellent stuff. And was it something that was, I suppose, very, very conscious or very organic? I mean, obviously, the the beginnings were quite organic, but did you decide very early on that this was something that was capturing the public imagination or that there might be some kind of higher purpose, if you like, to what you were about? I feel like that was something that got learned more and more along the way. Um, We, Like he said, it was a lot of frustration and trying to figure out what to do, and we did a lot of we tried a lot of things, um, all which may have worked in their own ways at their own times, but uh, always along the way of, of going down the rabbit hole and learning more, we were um, making videos and, and having fun, like he said. And it, when those two sort of crossed paths, our, our uh, love for seeking truth and our, our passion for, for humor, when they both sort of coincided, everything else from that, like he said, was a snowball. So I think it wasn't until... 
really until um, after several videos had been out and we got the response that we did and we could tell that there was like this this void or something that that needed to be filled people in the in this community in the alternative community seemed so stressed out all the time mm. there was no no sense of relief or, or no feeling of, of refreshment at all in this community because it's a very scary world to be a part of at times so the more and more we did it the more and more I, I learned the real power of humor and how humor can really break the walls of the barriers between um, some of the people that, that, that we know and uh, I guess it was really just a matter of time before we just kept learning and learning like, wow, these videos are, are more than a way for us to let off a little steam and to talk about certain issues, but we're really like helping people with these videos. So um, it's been kind of a process, organic and conscious, I'd say, a combination of the two. Well, that's interesting that you say about helping people because these videos are videos that I'm able to show friends and family who would never listen to my usual rantings behind closed doors about uh, what's going on in the world and that kind of thing. But the minute I show a Joy Camp video, there's a little bit of a spark. And while it, there mightn't be, I suppose, initial acceptance of the knowledge that I may be trying to present, nine times out of ten, these people come back to me and it's, do you know, do you remember that video you showed me, John? And suddenly there's a discussion about the topic, which could never have happened in the past. Is that something that you noticed initially amongst friends and family in your immediate peer group when you started doing the videos? Uh, yeah, that was instantaneous. People were uh, immediately sending us messages and letting us know uh, how accessible uh, our platform was and how they could post it on their Facebook wall without fear of being scrutinized or you know, in, uh, being called being called something derogatory. So we noticed that immediately. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I mean, we just got a message from a random fan, and it feels so good to hear you say that, John, and to get messages like this. I'm just going to read part of it here. But they, they wrote, I, like many, share videos, um, post uh, topics on Facebook, and maybe get a couple of likes from friends or a conspiracy theorist comment from my family. Um, they like taking the piss out of me, he says. Mm. So uh, he shared our Conspiracy Guy beer episode with a comment saying, this guy's like me, the Conspiracy Guy is like me. And he said he basically set himself up to be laughed and, you know, make light of everything. And he said, what do you know, a big discussion about GMOs breaks out for nearly two days over it. So he laughed so hard at the irony of that that he actually sent us a $10 donation, which was really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's kind of the whole point. That's the whole purpose. And that is where we learn the power of, of this humor um, and what it can do for people. And the response that you had in the one that I just shared with you is what we're seeing more and more and more of. So it, it really gives a sense of value to what we're doing, even at times when we put out a video and it doesn't get seen that much and it can be disheartening at times. Um, you read a comment like that and you know that you're doing some good. Absolutely. And it's a form of conscious comedy, I guess, because so much comedy, and I'm a big fan of comedy, as most people are, of course, so much of it is throwaway and disposable, and there isn't really a message behind it. And while we might get caught up in the moment and we'll enjoy a comedian set for an hour or whatever length of time it might be, there isn't kind of, quite often for me anyway, there isn't a resonance or there isn't an echo or there isn't something you can come back to and discuss. There was a funny moment or a gag and some slapstick humour and that was it. But there's something a lot more going on with what you guys are doing. And there is that resonance and there is that kind of echo. It's something that people really feel the need to share. And I've noticed that anytime, for example, on Facebook, I've posted one of your videos. It's not just a case of likes. There are shares all over the place, which wouldn't normally happen. And people who are normally not open to any of this kind of alternative information are jumping all over it. And quite often, even if they don't necessarily understand the message behind it, they find it funny for what it is. And that keeps them coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So I suppose on to the next thing, truth. And what can be so funny and so humorous about truth? Because the topics you're talking about, let's face it, a lot of it is to do with doom and gloom. And we're, we're talking about everything from chemtrails to infiltration of the mu- movie industry and music and that kind of thing. So these, these are quite highbrow topics, if you want to use that term. And they're not the kind of thing that most people would like because they char- challenge the, I suppose, the, the average paradigm that most people hold dear to and cling to themselves. So what is it about comedy and particularly the brand of comedy that you guys have that resonates with people and that people can connect with and they can kind of break through that that paradigm even if it's only for a few minutes while watching the video wow well um we i hope this answers your question this we make video we make subjects that aren't funny funny and once they're funny people can pay attention to them they can uh they can they can understand what we're trying to say, or not what we're trying to say, but the, but the idea that we're presenting. And um, you want to take this for a second? Okay, I'll take this one for a second. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of something that I wanted to say here, but comedy is—it's universal, right? It's a, you know everybody loves to laugh, and so I guess we found that when you. I spent years arguing with my dad about chemtrails. Okay, this is just a good example here. Just <laughs> jo- years. Jo- I st- join I the still club. Do. I still do too. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. So uh, we can really, my dad's name is John also, by the way. Um, so we spent years just really arguing and, and yelling at each other back and forth about it. And I could make no progress with him whatsoever. Just none. I couldn't get anywhere. So then, you know, 28 years old, I make this silly video about a conspiracy guy who's staring at chemtrails in the sky with a couple of other weirdos and um, it's kind of funny and there's uh, some jokes about chemtrails in there and I show it to my dad and he is hysterical the whole time laughing so much so that he had friends come over and he pulls up you know his computer hey come check out this video and shows them and they're all laughing in the room and I'm thinking I just made more amount of progress in a three-minute video than I made in the last 10 years with my father Mm. and um, I guess that sort of speaks volumes is to to hopefully answer your question there that comedy breaks down the walls that you have that divide us from from anyone from your father or from uh, a friend or a stranger if you if you meet someone and you laugh with them from the beginning you automatically feel more comfortable with them and once they're more comfortable that's when you can plant in the little seed of truth so you crack a joke and then you follow it up with a little bit, a little seed, and then it's kind of up to them to take that seed and do with it what they will. You might not be able to shake them awake, but you can plant a seed, and it doesn't go away. At least from my experience, I haven't seen it go away. I've just seen it grow in people. Some it grows faster, and others slower. But it's there, and it grows, and you've done your job. You know. Uh, and to piggyback on that, um, we also make fun of the conspiracy while we're at it because who cares? I mean, this stuff it becomes such. It becomes so serious and so out of this world sometimes. I mean, you have to laugh at it. So we're taking these issues and we're, we're sort of turning the mirror on conspiracy theorists as well, saying, hey, man, lighten up. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous, but you can still, you know, have a good time. Yeah, I found that the, the biggest, um, and I guess this is sort of the long answer to your question and maybe uh, diving into another topic here, but um, my, my biggest lesson of late has been just that the communication from the from the alternative thinkers to um, the mainstream thinkers or the uh, of the conditioned society is is that the communication is just so poor um, on our part. Uh, not to say that there aren't really great intelligent people out there uh, doing a lot of really great things because there are, 
But most people that I meet that are in this world that think this way, they're either really scared and fearful or they're really frantic or um, they're off-putting to people that aren't of this world. And you, you can kind of like pull back and say, if I wasn't in hip to this information, some of these people would scare me. Um, maybe that's not a bad thing altogether. But that's the biggest problem I found is, is the communication. And I feel like if we're ever going to make any progress anywhere, we're going to have to touch the people and reach the people who just don't think this way. Like you said, you can post a funny video and people that will come out of the woodworks that you didn't expect. Um, and then they're thinking of this stuff. So we really feel like we're offering a solution. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of resources out there. It's endless. And we're trying to offer a solution here where we can bridge that gap between this alternative media or the alternative uh, community and the mainstream community. So uh, I, I hope we didn't veer off too far on your, your answer there but, or your question there, but I really wanted to get that out there. No, I think that's a great answer. And I saw that mirrored myself. I was on a TV show here in Ireland a couple of months back and basically the, the premise of the show, it's called Uploaded. And the premise of the show is certain people are taken on as guests to speak about their favorite YouTube clips. And most of the clips are of, I suppose, cats jumping off ceilings and all, all these, these kind of <laughs> usual YouTube things. And I sent through my list to the show's producer and um, it contained, I sent through a list of five. It contained three Joy Camp videos, um, <laughs> one, one video of the, uh, the Salmon Brothers building, um, building seven in the background as the BBC <laughs> reported it fell and something else entirely different. And fully expected the producers to come back and say, right, well, we can't use these videos. Whatever it was that struck a chord, we, two, the two, joy, two of the three Joy Camp videos were used as my three clips. And uh, needless to say, the BBC one wasn't. But the reaction that I got when that show aired, and it's, it's constantly on repeat here on Irish TV, was not what I expected at all. I kind of expected a lot of people to come and say, well, John, this is your usual conspiracy theory, etc., etc., put the tinfoil hat back on, because it's very much a mainstream TV show. Um, on the contrary, what came back to me was a flood of feedback, and the same thing happened with the show, a flood of feedback from people saying, look, we weren't knowledgeable about fluoride and we weren't knowledgeable about chemtrails. But since we saw that video, which we initially thought was ridiculous and hilarious, we've done a little bit of digging because something ran, rang true for us. And I think it's amazing that the number of people, and there's a huge debate in Ireland at the moment about fluoride. There's a, a massive court case about to, uh, about to go to the courts next year, basically whereby some very brave people are challenging the state and challenging the fact that there is fluoride in the water here in Ireland. And they seem to have a very good case. And it was quite topical, particularly the fluoride video, because it just seemed to connect with people. And even with regard to that anti-fluoride campaign here in Ireland, I think the video was a massive, massive help because it really reached people through that TV show. And I think the experience that I had with that really mirrors what you've just been speaking about, guys, because it does seem to spark something in people who normally would be very, very consciously closed to this kind of information. True. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to add to that, it's kind of, it's kind of an amazing thing that you can think about a lot of the stuff you just named there, how they, they poison our water and they poison our air and um, the food that we eat and everything around us, what we watch, what we see, advertisements and um, subliminal messaging and just everything, this bombardment of things. And yet, 
you know, a couple of minute video, whether it's what you showed there or, or anything um, that's going on in the world right now, can still spark that something inside of somebody that was dormant for so long. It's really an amazing thing. It shows you how powerful it really is. Absolutely. And it's a great way of conquering fear, I think, as well, because I think what turns a lot of people off uh, some of the information in the alternative community is the fact that people are afraid. And that's the big tool that the control system or the powers that be use, I think, against us. And when people are afraid, they'll automatically, well, they'll fight or they'll, they'll flight. So they'll run away. And I think most people run away because how do you fight an unseen entity? And one of the things that the videos did, certainly for, for me and a lot of people in my family who would have seen them, who would have just hated me talking about any of this kind of information, it just, suddenly they could speak about it. They weren't afraid of it anymore. It didn't seem this, this kind of underground topic. It was something they could relate to in the way that they previously couldn't. And I think particularly the Chemtrails video, for, for, certainly for me and my peer group, was the one that did it. Was there a particular favourite for you guys, or is it kind of right across the board? Is there anything that really seemed to resonate, not just amongst your peer group, but in the, in the feedback you're getting from people all over the world? Well, can I ask you a quick question? Um, you mentioned that you submitted three videos, and they put two on. Oh, yeah, what was the third? What was the th <laughs> one they, they, didn't, they didn't take? The other one was the Oscar acceptance speech, and the producer actually uh -huh. said to me that it was, it was his favorite. He also presents a movie show on TV here in Ireland. He said it was his favorite, but he got outvoted on it. And when I delved a little bit deeper, uh -huh. it seems that the reason the, people are, the, the, the other p members of his team didn't go for that one was quite simply because... The other two seemed a little bit more out there, yet they got it. Whereas the Oscar acceptance speech, they kind of already got. So they wanted something that pushed the envelope a little bit as they saw it more than wow, the other video. Which, That's really interesting. Yeah. And, and they, too bad they didn't show that, uh, that Building 7 video from BBC. That, that, <laughs> I mean, that's too bad. Know, everybody, everybody should see that. I, know, I mean, that's, that's the damning evidence right there. Well, I think so. It's the smoking gun. I mean, you, you yeah, know, is, come yeah. on. What, so what was, did they tell you why they didn't? put that one on yeah I mean, they did they said it because it was BBC footage and they couldn't get clearance for it now uh, <laughs> of course yeah, yeah of course so I'm, I'm not entirely convinced but um, I, what, I, what I will say is fair play to them for actually airing the two that they did because I didn't expect that they would I really didn't so I was very very happy and it's, a, it's another forum for your videos well it yeah. makes me very happy to hear everything that you said has made me very, um, very happy to hear that so thank you to answer your question about favourites I mean it's so hard it's so many of them are my favorites. Uh, if I was forced to pick, oh man, it would have to depend on what mood I'm in. Probably, <laughs> uh, I I love the Oscar video, but I don't know if it's my favorite. I think Astro Theology is my favorite because it's very personal for me. Um, that might be my favorite because it's so it's a it's a scene. It's an actual little like little snippet from life. You know, a little it's exaggerated a bit, but yeah, you know, yes. it's very personal. Um, for me, it's it does vary. You know, um, I, I really I love the iPhone NSA um, video that we did uh, with We Are Change with Luke. Um, mm. There's just certain ones that they're, they're, I look back and there's always so many fun moments when we're oh, making them. And one of my one of my favorites is also our, a black and white one we did called The Mystic Treasure, which is one of our least viewed videos. But um, perhaps that might that actually might be my favorite because it also has a really sentimental value to it. But that yeah, that's one of our best. That one's a little short film to me. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. Well, you use the term short film, and one thing I've been struck by 
is the quality of the work that you're doing because you go onto YouTube and you type in any kind of conspiracy or any kind of alternative um, inf- look for any kind of alternative information and quite often so much of what comes back is well it's so ropey and there isn't a huge amount of production in a lot of the videos and that's not to take from the information that's contained therein in a lot of cases but it can be very difficult in this era of I suppose glossy and disposable viewing to take in a lot of information if it's not well presented and the stuff that you guys are doing, it's just of such a high standard. So w- was that something that initially you wanted to really make sure of in the beginning? Or what about your backgrounds? Is it something that you were, you always wanted to do? Or how did that come about? Because it can't be by accident. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great yeah. question. I don't think we, yeah, we wouldn't want to, um, I don't think we would have it any other way. I mean, I think we'd only want to put our the best product out there when it comes to something where you know, that has our names on it, and it's an artistic expression in its way. But there's been many times when we've uploaded a video and taken it immediately down only to rework on it, you know, for another few hours and get it back because we know that something little will bother us forever if we don't fix it. So um, we've kind of always been like that. Going into it, we've done a lot of videos in the past that weren't um, up to this, you know, the caliber that we're at now, but it was always a matter of just getting better and better and better. And luckily, more equipment and technology came out over the years that was a little bit more accessible to get your hands on to to produce things. Plus being, I mean, as far as background goes, I mean, I've been involved with, I mean, I grew up in Hollywood and my parents were actors and artists and I started acting when I was in high school and I've been around theater and performing my entire life. So that's, it's, it's a very, uh, I'm very familiar with the format. Yeah, and I've been editing for uh, a really long time, making videos since the seventh grade in, in middle school. Um, so it's both been a, a love in our lives, um, in their own mutual respects, in their own um, similarities, that we just um, manifested into our, our, our love for the truth. And so we went into it, um, we got some help from friends. Uh, my brother, Michael, films everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one camera pretty much. Um, we have one microphone, pretty much, and uh, neither one of them were very expensive. Um, we built some of our other equipment, like out of pipes and things. We have a guy, Nick, in our group who um, does a little bit of the editing with me and uh, is just a, been a huge asset for that type of knowledge. So um, bringing these guys together, uh, it was sort of a combination of everybody putting in their best and really just trying to be creative and figure out how you can make a little go a long way. Well, it doesn't get much more creative than building something from a pipe. What did you build from a pipe? Yeah, well, our buddy Nick built a, um, a shoulder mount for the camera. So it's, a, it's just all PVC pipe. You know, that it costs a couple hundred bucks um, online, and he built it for like 20 So he just got creative and built together this shoulder mount that you rest the camera on so it makes the filming a little bit smoother. And um, for our music video that we filmed uh, called Universal mm. by an artist who goes by Tree, um, he did, we needed we had a lapse uh, time lapse and he built a remote out of an old calculator he figured out went online figured out how to program it and did that so we've gotten pretty creative when it comes our green screen is a a, a twenty dollar sheet of green fabric that my mother bought us um, from Joanne's Fabrics <laughs> in her hometown which is about an hour north of Los Angeles um, coincidentally Benny and my parents both live about ten minutes apart from each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's really been just a concoction of that, just uh, taking what we have and really 
making the absolute best out of it that we can, stretching every dollar, <laughs> you know, so to speak. That's really refreshing to hear and encouraging as well because it just shows where there's a will, there's a way. It's, it's not that anybody needs a Kanye West-style budget to go out and create a video. Everyone can do it for themselves. It's true. Hey, I wish that we had some money to work with and play with because our quality would only get better. Um, hopefully in time that can be the case. But right now we just, you know, we invest everything that we got, our own free time and, and, and money that we have extra goes into it. And that's something that I wanted to talk about, the amount of time it must take, because as things, I suppose, grow exponentially for you guys with the Joy Camp project, it's obviously going to eat up and probably already is eating up a huge amount of your time. And that, that can't be easy. I mean, how is it affecting other work and what, what else it is you do? Is it something that you can see as a long-term, um, long-term project or something that can grow further and become even a full-time job? Or what's, what's the plan with it, I guess? Man, that's a great question. Uh, we're kind of—I mean, we've been sort of seeing it, seeing where where it, where it will take us, without really trying to have too many expectations. I guess um, we would love to have it be a job. I I think, mm. uh, but we're also considering our our options. I mean, do we want to just do YouTube videos, or do we want to combine? You know, make more of an episodic type thing with. Yeah. Um, multiple sketches per show or do we want to branch off and do something narrative you know it's uh we have options now and we don't we haven't really decided which way to go yet i don't because i because like going back to what you said about youtube and the quality of what's on youtube uh, when you look at who is getting the most subscribers and the most views man those videos are not very good. I mean, this, we, uh, do we really want to compete in this market? There's got to be something, another, another alternative to YouTube, I think, for, uh, for what we're doing. And we're trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, it's, it's really is just sort of a learning process as we go. I hope it'll be full-time. I, I have other uh, means of how I make my money, which takes up more time than I like. So I, I really want this to be full-time because this is what I love. I, 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 I could see doing this the rest of my life. And I'm not saying one-off short, funny videos on YouTube, but if that meant doing a, a, a full-length movie or if that meant anything in this type of um, field that we're involved in, then that's really my goal. So... I'm working on it, you know, just like everybody is. It's like that finding that balance, right? You have to, um, you're a thinker, but you also have to function in this reality. And if you're too far one way or another, your life's probably, um, you're not probably going to be very happy in life. Finding the balance between the two is um, really sort of my, my aim and my goal here is really how do I keep thinking and learning and growing and also function in this reality so that I'm not miserable and that I still have a roof over my head. So it's kind of that constant struggle. They don't make it easy. This system does not make it very easy, <laughs> you know. So um, it's just one day at a time trying to figure it out and be smart about it as it goes along, I guess. Well, I think you're completely right. And you've touched on it there because happiness is the key to everything, really. I mean, we all want to be happy. And so many people involved in this community who I speak to on a regular basis, they there's an inner turmoil because they enjoy doing what they're doing but they're also aware of the fact that so much of the information they're presenting is negative because a lot of the truth and a lot a lot of alternative thinking out there is it does start from a negative place because if you've got a control system which i think most of us are in agreement does exist well that in itself is a negative thing so you have to break down a lot of these negative barriers to see a positive light at the end of the tunnel so i think it is about finding a balance and certainly with what i do myself 
for me it's all about finding a balance and it's not to get too bogged down in the heavy stuff that's not to take from it in any sense and it's not to say that things aren't as serious as as they are but it is important to have some fun and that's the big big thing for me in the work that you guys are doing there's the element of fun you're not afraid to poke fun at yourselves at the alternative community and i think the key to having a laugh with anybody is to be to, to be able to take a joke as well as give one, you know, and you guys can clearly do that. I think that's very, very important. And I think it's why so many people can relate to what it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> I mean, some people, though, are, are way too serious. Still. <laughs> we we put up, man, we put up some videos and there, there, some people just think it's the biggest waste of time. And that's how do you get through to those people? Because they're, they're on our side ultimately, but they are the ones who are like, this is not funny. This is serious business. We need to take this seriously. <laughs> yeah, this is not a joking matter. Everything yeah. in life is serious. Man, but if I could get through <laughs> to that guy, yeah, then, that, then it's a good day. Boy, that would make my day. Also, too, on, on the um, other side of that coin, we get the people uh, every, every now and then that accuse us of being a part of the system or being... Um, some employed agent of the system and yeah. you know I gotta tell you like if we were an employed agent of the system I feel like we got a really raw deal because <laughs> I just described to you our studio and our equipment yeah. and I feel like we could have negotiated a much better deal if we were really an agent of the system <laughs> you know well I can relate to that the same thing happens with me with uh, with my music career because I use uh, symbology and symbolism a lot and I'm, I'm a firm believer that symbols are neutral particularly power symbols such as triangles and pyramids and whatever else it might be and I think the the, the power is then the intent behind it and I think a lot of symbolism personally has been hijacked by well in inverted commas the Illuminati as people see it and people automatically associate something such as an all-seeing eye with with an uh, some kind of negative connotation I I don't necessarily think that's the case I think that we can all use symbolism in a positive light and I do that for example if somebody goes to my own music website they'll see my logo there and it there's a hint of an inverted pentagram in there and stuff and it's done it's done with positive intent and for the reason that these symbols are going back thousands and thousands of years and aeons they're 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 power symbols and they have an energetic resonance with people and a lot of people think this is nonsense as well it's my belief and uh, as a result i get these accusations quite a lot from people oh well you're you're part of the control system and you're being funded and your career is going this direction because of that and a b c d all complete nonsense and I think the exact same thing I sit there in my, in my, my, my little house that I'm struggling to pay for and I think well, well guys hang on a minute why aren't I living it up like Jay-Z and pimping with hoes and this kind of thing too because it's, you know because give me some of that if I'm going to be part of the control system give me that too because I want it you know yeah give yeah. me those hoes we, we do the same thing we do it as a joke we, if you look back on our videos carefully you'll notice all seeing eyes and pyramids sprinkled all over the place because we just like to have fun with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of symbolism in, in our fact, videos. In fact, we have one video where you can see our whiteboard in the background, and there's a giant penis with a smiley face on it, <laughs> um, <laughs> for lack of a better term, shooting a load all over a pyramid with an all-seeing eye at the top. It's very subtle. Hey, look, you got to censor this. But censor in the video. You got to censor this for the young viewers. That's cool, but they can go to the video and watch it. Young, young viewers <laughs> love big giant penises with smiley faces <laughs> shooting loads on pyramids with all seeing eyes. Well, guys, let me tell you, let me tell you the fact that you bring this up. 
I've right? a couple, I've a couple of notes yeah, here in front of me, and it's a shame we're not we're not actually uh, we're we're not on video now and that it's audio. But I have a couple of notes here in front of me with one or two bullet points, and one of my bullet points is a picture of just that because I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> no way! <laughs> Hilarious. What all I'm right, going to do right, is now I'll, it's the best interview ever. <laughs> I'm going to put this picture up on the website to go with the interview because obviously we'll have links to the videos and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at my own rendition of that same picture. So you you brought it up without me having to. I'm delighted about that. It's hilarious. <laughs> we were just so eager to talk about the penis. It, it, we couldn't we couldn't prevent ourselves. Yeah, there there's a lot though. There's a lot of um George Orwell 1984 book pops up. And, oh, yeah, we have 1984. Um, Aldous Huxley, the number, the world. The number 1984 is in almost, well, gosh, probably at least 50% of our videos. So, yeah, if any of your viewers have seen our videos and they haven't seen these, go back and, and have another look and um, have fun. Absolutely, and there is a lot of fun there. But for some people, I'm sure there must be some kind of negative reaction. I mean, is there anybody who's really balls to the wall, come out and said what you guys do are doing is ridiculous, it's demeaning to the, the seriousness of this community and it's, uh, it's damaging. Is there anybody who's been really serious about that or what kind of negative reaction have you got, if you've got one at all? Yeah, we have got a lot of that. I mean, yeah. not a lot in, co- in comparison to, yeah. the, to the good stuff we've gotten, but yeah, there's, there's always haters. Uh, I think, yeah, we've had a lot of... Uh, well, there's one recent. Well, for the for the Oscar video, we had one because <laughs> uh, we got a, this is good. We got a boost in views the night of the Oscars because people were typing in Oscars 2013, and oh, ours was it. the number two video that came up when you put the, when you put those words in the uh, YouTube yeah for search. a couple of days, which is great. <laughs> so one guy posted, uh, "You two should be hung in public." <laughs> and I think that's one of my favorite uh, all-time comments on a video. So as a response, we subscribe to his channel on YouTube. Uh, we're his third subscriber. He has nothing but <laughs> videos of him and his dog. So, um, And we have another guy. We post to a website, disinfo.com. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, we're contributors to that website. So we post our new videos up there all the time. And there's always one guy on there who just always has something negative to say about every single thing that we post. But yet he watches every single one of them, which is what's funny about it. So um, sometimes we'll comment back to him. And, you know, one time I, I invited him to, to be a writer with us and um, come up with an idea that he wanted to do. But mm. he uh, declined the invitations. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I, I don't mind the negative comments. I, I t- I, it, in fact, it would be weird if we didn't get them. So I'm, I'm totally okay with it. It's, it's comes with the, what comes with the territory. Yeah, Patton Oswald, a comedian, had a, a really great speech that you can read the transcript online. I think it was the Just for Laughs Festival, Toronto Festival. Yeah. It's a great speech, start to finish. Um, and at the end of it, he gets into that, the, the world of comments, you know, um, the feedback that people give to your work online. Mm. And um, he says at the end of the day, they're just electrons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if, if they're bad and they're negative, you can just really shake them off. No big deal. And they kind of add fuel to the fire to keep you um, doing and maybe trying to get that one person, you know, on board at some point. Yeah. And then all the good comments and hearing, like, the things that you've been saying to us. Um, really, really feels really good. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful to hear that because it really is like why I go to bed at night thinking about this stuff. So to hear it um, from a, another thinker who's out there doing his thing is, is very flattering. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Two guys who have absolutely no business being here. It's the creators of Joy Camp, Benny Wills and Kevin Castellnay. Stop it. Uh-oh. 
Beyonce, what are you, come on, you're married. What are you doing with that? Oh, oh, oh what are these? Oh, oh. oh they look. Adele, come on, oh, we don't want those. We don't want Take them back. Here, yeah, those are yours. Oh. Benny, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just a little woozy, Kevin. What are you woozy from, Benny? Well, I've been signing contracts in blood all day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Blood? That's nothing. I had to sell my soul to be famous. Oh! Thank you very much, Jay-Z. You're welcome. <clears throat> This year's nominees for the Illuminati Puppet of the Year are... Lil Wayne for Love Me, a song about how much traumatized women trapped in cages love Lil Wayne, featuring butterflies, Satan, and a bathtub full of blood. Azealia Banks for Young Rapunzel, the story of a person with little to no control over their own mind, bending over backward to a police state and surrounded by owls, eyes, and some all-around weirdness. Miley Cyrus for everything she did in 2013. Whether she was twerking, tongue-wagging, or panty-dropping, this former Disney poster girl turned innocence and wholesomeness into sleaze and trash faster than you could say Hannah Montana. Katy Perry for Prism, an album targeted at children that conveniently shares its name with another breakout star from 2013, the NSA's Prism Surveillance Program. And last but not least, perennial nominee Lady Gaga for Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular. 3.6 million viewers tuned in to watch this Illuminati favorite flash the one-eye sign to Kermit and the gang. Being vacuous, soulless, and shallow never looks so good or endearing. Boy, Gaga sure is Gaga over that all-seeing eye. <laughs> <laughs> And the winner is... Oh, oh, Kevin, I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised at all, Benny. Miley Cyrus! Get up here, you little freak. Where are you? Come on, girl. It's working. Oh, there she is. I would like to thank, of course, all of my fans, my smilers for making this happen, and uh, Terry Richardson for putting this together. You know, I, I couldn't fit this award in my bag, but I did find this, so thank you guys very much. Good night, everybody. Thank you. I love you all so much. Oh, is that legal? Miley, this is in Colorado. Uh, uh, before we go, um, we'd like to thank the five corporations that own and produce every single media outlet. Um, AOL Time Warner, uh, Disney, um, Universal, Sony. Without you, none of this would exist. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
it's very interesting <laughs> what you say about um about even how people when they're being negative you can find a positive in that because again the very nature of what i do with music there's a lot of feedback that comes back most of it is positive but you'll always get some negative stuff as well and I actually feed off that. It's not that I dwell on the negative side of things, but I do think, in my experience, for every one person who's willing to go onto YouTube and hide behind a keyboard and make some kind of um, ad hominem attack, there are probably a thousand who really like what you're doing, but they're too busy in their day. I mean, they like what you're doing and they, they make it a part of their day and they enjoy it, but they're not necessarily going to, going to go onto YouTube and spend 15 to 20 minutes constructing an email to necessarily thank you for what it is because I think people a lot of people focus on a lot of negative things and when they do they're more likely to be vocal about it for example if somebody has a good meal in a restaurant I think they're far more likely um, to walk home and tell their friends about the good meal they had whereas if they have a negative experience they'll complain in that restaurant and mm -hmm. that that's when people get hear negative feedback and it can be quite off-putting for people who put themselves out there be it in the alternative community are otherwise and I know a lot of people certainly contemporaries in music who get very very disillusioned with negative feedback and at the end of the day I really like that idea of the electrons brush them off because <laughs> do they really matter I mean what what has changed in your life if some idiot on YouTube who spends most of his time with his 15 cats doesn't like what you're doing do you really care do you really care right. how does it change anything right and if it's I mean if it's if it's affecting them, it's better than it not affecting them. And rather have a negative comment than them just to watch it and have it not register at all and to just Absolutely. move on. I mean, if they're if they're reacting negatively, it struck something within them. They're responding to something. I'd rather have that than no reaction at all. Exactly, and I, I guess as a form of art, I mean that that's what we're all trying to do as artists. Not to get too highbrow about it, but it is about trying to affect somebody or elicit some kind of emotion, no matter what it is. I mean, job done. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, too, a lot of these people, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that most of these people that write these negative things, if they spend 10 minutes hanging out with us, I'm sure we could find something to communicate with and, and, and get along with on. So, and that's the thing, Benny and I are both really good at communicating with people, whether they're uh, a thinker or not, whether they're involved in the, the alternative community or, or not. We have no problem communicating with really anybody. I found a, a lot of the people in the alternative media, because they get so wrapped up in this stuff, they have a hard time communicating with the other group, kind of like going back to the thing that this whole interview started on. Mm. And um, we just, we got to get better at that. You know, we got to get better at, at listening to these people on the other side. And I'm not talking about the, uh, the manipulators, of course. I'm talking about the people that are in the same boat that we're in. We really got to get... Well, one, one of the things we do is trick people into inter getting interested in an idea. And that's... Uh, you, you can't, people don't like to be told something. They want to feel like they're learning it on their own. So we, all, we, all you have to do is suggest it. So that's our style with our comedy. We are suggesting something, like you said, with the fluoride video. We're suggesting an idea. They get interested. They learn about it. I mean, that's, that's how we approach it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we communicate well with people through our videos, but also in real life, because I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm, mm. I'll casually slip into a conversation something about, I don't know, the GMOs and food or or the weather pattern, or something, and just so they're like, what? I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, just look it up sometime, check it out, Yeah. Form, form your own opinion, don't listen to me, look it up yourself. 
Exactly. Let them learn it for themselves. And, you know, we don't you don't just walk into a room full of strangers and start talking about how uh, the Twin Towers fell at free fall speed. You know, you wait for your opening. At least that's what's worked for me. So I, I may be hanging out with a with a, a, a truther friend and we can rant all night for hours just yeah. preaching to the choir back and forth to each other. Or I might hang out with some people that I never met before that I, I know aren't on the same wavelength because they're talking about whatever's going on in the mainstream, at, you know, that the, that the news wants them to be talking about. Mm. But I might wait just for the right moment and be able to slip in just something and it might get a conversation going. Um, or I might be able to crack a joke and make them laugh and make them more comfortable. Or I might just ask them what they do in their life or what their perspective is on things and, and ask them questions about them rather than just bombarding them with, you know, um, Bohemian Grove and Bilderberg and, uh, you know, uh, Miley Cyrus conspiracies and just everything, just bombardments on these people. It'll, they'll run faster than you could ever catch up to them ever. So it's really all about this um, way of communicating with people. That uh, That's at least at least where my focus is at right now. And I think that's probably in part why we did our latest video, um, The Lizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, yeah, which, <laughs> which is, is great. Uh, which yeah. is the name of our street. But um, that was really what that whole point was. We were both just kind of seeing the infighting of the community, of the, the truth community, seeing some people that we really respected arguing back and forth with each other and kind of discrediting everything that they talk and preach about, mm-hmm. you know, right there in front of you. So everybody has their moments and, you know, everybody gets their second chances. But like, we really got to we need each other. We got to stick together this community. There's there's no room for for fighting anymore. If we If we want to make some do some good in this world we got to do it together it's just the only way i agree i think that's where the real power in your videos lies the fact that you're not preaching the fact that it's just the uh that element of suggestion because none of us can i mean we can be told things until we're blue in the face and it doesn't really sink in until we experience it so i think if people are if, if it's hinted at that they go and research things for themselves and even the word research i think i find whenever i say that to somebody it turns them off straight away but if if you tell them just to look into something or have a look themselves and they do it's far more powerful because it's almost like they're using the, their own brain rather than somebody else's ideas and i think they're far more likely to last the course in terms of that and i think in, ter- in terms of lasting the course i've just noticed um over the last while you're putting a bit of time into the conspiracy guy in the different episodes there and you mentioned the idea of maybe doing a series in the future or, or some kind of feature length movie perhaps what has the reaction been like to the different episodes of the conspiracy guy and do you think that's something that maybe um a series like that would would maybe break you even more out into the mainstream and beyond youtube um maybe i mean Perhaps the conspiracy guy, but I think maybe that 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 idea of a re- recurring character or uh, a recurring situation or something that we could, you know, develop into a series of some sort. Maybe with that character, the reaction to that character has been really cool because uh, I, I mean we've all been that guy. I think oh, yeah. I was that guy for a while, mm-hmm. not really knowing uh, my boundaries with people when I was when I was first you know, understanding 9-11 and beyond. And uh, people, people relate to that. They relate to being that person in a situation with their family or, in, or with their friends and being alienated because they're trying to help them. Uh, but we, I, guess I didn't realize how popular the character was until we released this third one because it had been almost a year since we did episode two. So when <laughs> we brought the character back for episode three, 
like 11 months later, people were like, oh, finally. <laughs> oh, I love, the, I love the conspiracy guys. So I think we'll probably do like, more oh, of those. Oh, man, we got to do more of these. Yeah, we'll do them more often but, because it's, the reaction was so great to this last one. The nice thing is, is with, with a guy like that, we'll have, we'll have material to write about for years and years and years <laughs> because it just never ends with the conspiracies. So um, whether they're right or wrong, you know, most of them are probably right. But um, there's just so much material that we can do with that guy. And um, there will definitely be more. There will be more. And um, we've also done a couple of episodes with uh, the Princess Interventions. Um, yep. Those are two. We're hoping to round that off into a third. The, the little girl in that is my niece, Becca. Um, both of them are my nieces in, in the second one. And uh, we're, we're hoping to round that off. And um, I think, uh, I don't know, the, we, may, we may change it up a little bit in 2014. We might, we might think about combining videos and releasing episodes versus one-offs to see how that does for us. Right. Um, right. We might just change it up. We're, I know we're going to hopefully soon do another video with Luke. And we also want to kind of change it up and do an interview in the uh, street style video because we haven't done one of those. Um, but we're also we're also in Hollywood, and we do have a manager, and we are meeting with people to develop potential series for either the web or otherwise. So, we'll, uh, we'll people will be updated on that as it comes up. But that's definitely happening uh, while Joy Camp is happening. Yeah, we're working every angle that we've got, trying to get as many people to see these as possible because we know that it'll it'll do some good. Um, However it happens, it's going to happen, and we're just going to roll with it and be as smart about it as we can, and um, you know, we'll always be on the right side fighting the good fight. I was going to, that, that being said, I mean, we, while Joy Camp is here and while we're doing it on YouTube, we really need more support. I mean, it's, we, we, it almost feels like we're starting from scratch with every video. I mean, we really have to claw for every view. So if anyone out there is listening and they like what we do, please share it because we obviously feel that it's important and can reach people and you know we are we're at a point we've been doing it for almost two years and we really want to expand we want to expand our audience we only have 6400 subscribers we average about mm, i mean 5,000 views i'd say uh positive optimistic so we we could use we can use all the help we can get at this point and i think that's very very important I, i'd like to reiterate that because I genuinely think, and it's, it's not a case of brown-nosing here, but I genuinely think that what you guys are doing is so different from everything else out there within the alternative community. And there is a spark and a resonance that reaches people that the hard information doesn't reach. It, it just, whatever it is about the psychology of people, the way that you're presenting this information works and it brings people on board in a way that no other information out there that I'm aware of or that I've experienced does. And I often wish that I had seen the Joy Camp videos 10 years ago instead of two <laughs> years ago because I think it would, have, it would have set me on this path 10 years ago. You know, I, I really do think all it takes is one or two viewings. And initially, my first reaction when I saw the first one, my, my brother Stevie drew my attention to it. I thought, oh, yeah, this is hilarious. And then I kind of had a look at it and said, well, are these guys serious? Are they completely taking a piss or what's the story? I had a, <laughs> I had a third viewing and I thought, hang on a minute, this is really, really clever. And it's repeated viewing. It, all these videos keep 
me coming back time and time again and they're the type of videos that I feel like sharing with other people and that other people always respond to and as we said be it positive or negative no matter what paradigm exists for people and no matter how what you're saying might shake up their paradigm there's always a reaction it's never a kind of an apathetic uh, shrug of the shoulders there's always some kind of a reaction and in my experience it's nine times out of ten extremely positive and it gets people looking for more and I think that's what you've really nailed it in terms of that because that's what's needed in this community and there's too little of it to my mind anyway couldn't agree more in fact someone wrote me a message recently and I'm going to paraphrase what she said but it was along the lines of I'm trying to tell people the truth with a 600 page book and you're able to do it with a three minute video on YouTube yeah, and that about sums it up. I mean, we 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 yeah, we're we're relaying information in a very succinct manner. Yeah, and I think part of the reason going back to like getting the views and the help and all that is because a lot of times if if we have profanity in a video or if it's not um, in the current news cycle, a lot of the websites in the alternative community are hesitant to share it. And on top of that, it's very difficult for us to get our videos shared in the mainstream outlet because it's so um, anti making fun of those outlets that would um, have the audience to share it in. So sometimes the videos get kind of caught in that loop where they're not getting shared on either side, and that's when we kind of struggle to get the views. But when people do see them, it's like you said, it's sort of a visceral reaction that they can't shake, and um, that's that's what keeps us going at the time because I, I just want to – I'm greedy, and I just want to keep growing and growing and growing as far as who we get our videos to. Yeah. And then uh, we've been doing this for a year and a half now, I guess, um, all completely, you know, on our own time and our own dime and let everything out that we've had for free because it really is the message that counts. Hopefully, we'll keep growing and get to a point to where we can actually like fund ourselves to keep doing this and make the product even better and better and better to reach a larger audience. But um, again, I appreciate you saying that because that's really the whole point of it. And it's just, uh, just as you're speaking there, it just comes to mind, have you ever had any kind of hassle from YouTube? You know the way, I mean... Sometimes videos have a habit of disappearing. Um, have you had any of that kind of reaction at all? We did once, yeah. Uh, we had it with our, our Christmas video, our um, Santa's workshop video, <laughs> where we, uh, we play a, a song, you know, a copyrighted song. What, what was the song we had in that video? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And they restricted it from being allowed to play on cell phones, which I don't really understand <laughs> the reasoning in that, but they did. And so we uh, filed an appeal. You know, I just went online and did some research and filed an appeal to them and they denied it. They basically just said, nope, sorry, and then stated their terms and conditions and wouldn't let that video play on phones. Um, that and, you know, we've heard a lot of stories of channels being taken down. So when we did our suicided video, yeah. which we really wanted to get out there, is like more of a statement, hey, we're never going to do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, we've joked about it. Um, we included the joke at the very tail end about um, our, our our channel being taken down after we're all suicided. So it's something we're aware of. It's something we've had some experience with and we also know exists beyond that. But I think because we walk that line, we're not that much of a threat i hope anyway and that's what my if maybe it's me maybe it's cognitive dissonance on my part but um if we walk that line we're not necessarily saying anything we're we're just show, making light of a situation we're you know we it's it's pretty obvious where we stand but we don't ever really take a side in the videos yeah, that, that's completely true. You allow the viewer to do that themselves. And I think the beauty of that is kind of our, ironically, 
the information you guys are presenting is hidden in plain sight. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a powerful message and such a powerful thing that you're doing, yet it's so out there in the open and people can kind of glance at it and think, ah, oh, yeah, well, there, there is no threat there. When, to my mind, there's a far bigger... Th- I mean, if I was one of the guys uh, at the top, you know, at the top of the uh, the, the old... Um, Tree there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd I'd be kind of thinking, well, these guys are actually more of a threat than somebody who writes a six thousand page tome, uh, <laughs> you know, because um, the information is just so accessible and it resonates so well. So I think the future bodes well, and I, we're we're going to tie up pretty soon. But I'd like to know what are your own personal favorite videos and why? <laughs> just to put um, you on the spot there. Okay. Um... You know, we, you did ask us this already, but we can... I, I'm totally down to talk about it. Well, we didn't really give a specific answer. We kind of Well, it, it was kind of a general answer. Plus, I have a habit of doing this, and uh, I think Richard Grove <laughs> will, will certainly <laughs> agree. Sometimes sure, I throw in a question stuff. a second time to see is the answer consistent. Okay, cool, cool. That's good, that's no good. And uh, kudos to Richard Grove. <laughs> what a guy, <laughs> He's yeah. He's a friend of ours. What a guy. <laughs> um, uh, okay, my favorite... My, my, I can't pick one favorite, I'm sorry. My favorites are, <laughs> are you familiar with Astrotheology, The yeah. Mystic Treasure, iPhone 5 NSA, and, oh man, maybe those three? Mm. Can I stop there? <laughs> Dare I stop there? I also, I'm also a big fan of the, the Conspiracy Guy. There's a Conspiracy, PSA, Bilderberg All-Star Awards, and Joy Camp Takes On. Oh, yeah, Those are my six. Top six. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball and just say that the music video was one of the best, one of the most magical experiences. The 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 inception, the synchronicity involved, um, the 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 weekend in San Francisco, and and thereafter, it actually got uh, accepted into a film festival in Los Angeles. We won a best cinematography award for it. Even that whole weekend was fantastic. So like even the aftermath, we're we're still friends to this day with the artist um, tree of that, and even the story about that guy. He went to the same school that we did. It it turned out that he lived in the apartment directly above the one that Benny and I lived in. We didn't know this guy before this. Right. He put out a song. We fell in love with it and contacted him on Facebook and, and the rest was kind of history but um, I, and I know that's not consistent with my previous answer but I'm just going to say that one for um, how it makes me feel inside but isn't, and I, isn't I didn't say why for my picks so I guess I like them because they're really good <laughs> and they're funny <laughs> and the Mystic Treasure and the Oscars and the iPhone just to stay in line with what we said earlier <laughs> there's some other ones though there's some oldies but goodies in there well, I think we have like 45 videos or something at this point, maybe more at this point. We got some bonus stuff, and we got a new one coming out um, maybe in another week or so about Obamacare, so stay oh, tuned should, for that, that one. that should be juicy. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. it's going to be quick and dirty, but uh, it's, it's, got a, it's got a pretty funny angle, I think, to it. So um, that'll be good, and then I think we're going to maybe do a TSA one coming up here pretty soon, and then we definitely got plans for the New Year, as you know. I mean... The Grammys and the Oscars are just around the corner. So, <laughs> Yeah, so fun, fun times ahead. And in terms of the people that you look up to or the information that you value most in the alternative community, are there any names that you could pick out, people who you especially like or you would like to point to as maybe being an inspiration or maybe not an inspiration, but uh, just guys that you like? I'm almost afraid to say names at this point because whatever name you say, there's so many people that hate 
those pe- that person now. Or, or they're upset already, that you forgot them, which I always Everybody's dissenting. <laughs> but I think, but, yes. that, but I mean, I know we both kind of go to multiple sources for information. I'm always finding new sources also. But uh, I guess, oh, man, I love, I love Grace Powers, who is, I think, a bit underrated in this whole situation. She does the... Uh, she did the, free the earth.com. Yeah, but she did Ring of Power series and she did Monkey Blood and she did all this stuff uh, the Zion King. And she's a website, she's great. Helpfreetheearth.com. She's a big supporter of ours, and so is Zen Gardner, um, who yeah. I know you interviewed uh, not too long ago, and um, we love Zen. And, uh, you know, David Icke early on, um, we were helped, I think, get us to where we were. Hey, I still like David um, I do, too. I don't, I don't uh, pay attention to everything he talks about, but I, I really uh, love his style. He's got such a good style, and I think he's mm-hmm. waking a lot of people up. And um, I go to InfoWars for, for news, um, for articles. Uh, our friend Cam Cameron Wiltshire, he's with Sacred Geometry International, and that guy is just on point with everything. Richard Grove and Tragedy and Hope. Um, Red Ice. Red Ice, Henrik and Lana are awesome. Jan Irvin, um, whether or not you think you can't stand the guy or you love the guy, most people have a really difficult time um, with him. I think he's great, personally. I think he's really good. I do, too. He, he, he rubs people the wrong way for some reason, but I, I think he's fantastic, and his information is always oh, backed and, up. And my, mm-hmm. my, 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 I should have said this first. My most consistent source is Max Egan down in Australia. I listen to him. He's the only one I listen to every week so far, anyway. He's, he's, he's the best. Yeah, Max Egan's great. I loved your shows. I know that we're probably not naming people, but also, also got to say, just who, who um, always we go to and always we learn and grow from, George Carlin and oh, yeah. uh, Bill Hicks and um, Lenny Bruce and Dave Chappelle. Um, and there's, so, there's a lot more. But uh, these are some of, the, um, some of the big, big inspirations to us. Monty Python. Well, I must say you're men after my own heart, most certainly. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. You can't go wrong with those guys, you know? Absolutely. I, I, I might include you in that list, John, but I just listened to your show for the first time before we had this interview, but I, but I really liked it. Well, I'm glad you did, and I think when you listen to more, you'll probably take me straight off the list anyway. So, uh, we'll, <laughs> Well, it, it was gr- we listened to the interview you had with Zen Gardner, and I never we've had a communication with... Uh, or a dialogue with Zen Gardner for a long time, but I've never heard his voice. So to hear the two of you chat, it was a really, man, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great? He's yeah. really, really inspiring as well. And I mean, he's the type of guy you could speak to for eight, nine, ten hours, and it would feel like ten minutes. There's, there's just something, there's just an energy from Zen that's very difficult to find, I think, in people. Yeah, he's amazing. He's been a big supporter of ours. So is Santos Bonacci. That you know, we we um, we spent a lot of time on his lectures, and he's he's been a big supporter. He shares everything that we do too. So um, we made a lot of really great friends within the the community. There's a lot of really wonderful, talented, smart people that oh. I'm really proud to that are that are my friends, and that includes yourself, John, because it's been such a pleasure talking with you, and I've enjoyed your interviews that I've heard too. Well, I must say, gentlemen, the pleasure's been all mine. It's been fantastic um, getting you onto Alchemy Radio. To my mind, it's the most accessible form of alternative information out there. I think it's the type of thing you can plop a three-minute video in front of somebody who's never been exposed to fluoride or 9-11 or whatever it might be, and just something sparks in them immediately. And it's almost every time. I see it time and time again when I show the videos to people. Something sparks. And I think that can only grow and grow and grow and grow exponentially. And I think uh, as time goes on, I'm very excited to see what it is you guys are doing. And I'm eagerly awaiting Joy Camp, the motion picture. 
<laughs> yeah, we are too. Uh, I just got to say, you mentioned 9-11, which I think is it's just funny for us because we've, we make jokes all the time that we've never made a video about 9-11, even though that's like... The quintessential. Yeah, the big, the big conspiracy, and that's, yeah. the, and that's the event that woke both of us up, um, right, pretty much. So... Yeah, we would, we, we're going to make a 9-11 video one of these days. You have my word. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. And um, and thank you again for, for saying all that, uh, John. It's It really makes what we're doing all worth it. So um, we're going to keep at it. We're not going to be short of videos anytime soon. Well, fantastic. I await with bated breath the future. So uh, I have the power. <laughs> you have the power. We have the power. Benny and Kevin, it's been great speaking to you on Alchemy Radio today. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, John. Take care. Alchemy Radio.
you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy Radio. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are extremely grateful for any help that you can offer. We've no fixed cost on the donations and every little helps, so if you could spare even the price of a cup of coffee or indeed a small house, whatever suits you really, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. And indeed, thank you to everybody who have donated over the last few weeks. Our next guest is Dennis Wise, and we'll be discussing his documentary, Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told. Until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio. Analyze. Alchemy Radio. Conceive. Alchemy Radio. Believe. Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in?